Galatians 4 and 7 says this, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. All you ladies, don't feel left out, okay? Just chunking their daughter, all right? You are no longer a slave, but you are a child. And if you are a son or a child, then you are an heir of God through Christ. Look at me. We're on a journey as a church. God began to talk to us in the month of May about dealing with our identity. Finding out who we are, who we are in Christ. And it has turned into an epic journey. And I just want to tell you that this verse of Scripture, if you're wondering where we're going, this is where we're going. This passage of Scripture. Because I really believe that that the Bible says this, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's what the Scripture says. I really believe that one reason that we are not doing everything that God wants us to do as a church, as a body of believers in America and worldwide, is because we do not have the knowledge of who we really are in Christ. And so it is a mandate upon me and upon Kristen as pastors of this church to make sure that we all know what God has called us to do. So it may be that this series lasts three or four years. I don't know. But before it's over with, we're going to watch some folks begin to step into what God has called them to do and to be. How many excited about that? I believe that most people live their life below what God has for them because they don't know who they are. Because they don't have the knowledge of that. If you're taking notes, write this down. Your inheritance lies in your identity. I'm going to say that again. Your inheritance lies in your identity. What that means is this. If you do not know who you are, you will never receive what he has for you. You are no longer a slave, but a... Here's the journey that we're on. We're on the journey, and by the time this series or this theme is over, we're going to get to a place that some of you that have been, some of us that have been living life as slaves are going to step into this place that we're living life as joint heirs with Jesus. That is a big difference from being a slave to being a joint heir. How many would agree with that? Majority of believers, I would say, have only made one step with Christ, and that is this. I'm no longer a slave, now I'm a servant. That's how the majority of people see their walk with God. But Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, I'm calling you friends. He invites us into another relationship that gives us more access and more authority. You can live life as a servant and go to heaven. That's awesome. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what the scripture says he's going to say. But what he really wants to do is live life with us as a family. That's why we talk about families so much. One of our culture points at the hills is that we treasure family. That's why we celebrate those kids when they go out. That's why we celebrate when Miss Marvin goes home to be with Jesus. That's why we take time and dedicate babies and take time to baptize people and gather the family around. Family is important because what happens in the natural is mirrored in the spiritual. 
And so if you don't know how to have a healthy family in the natural, you're not going to know how to have a healthy family in the spiritual. So if, you're, if you've got a dysfunctional family and you're coming here to the hills hoping that we're going to make everything right, it ain't going to happen because you're going to bring the same baggage you had there into this relationship with us. Wow. <laughs> so here's the deal. Work on both of them. But you don't know my family. I don't have to know your family. Work on it. Don't mean it's going to work out, but at least you're putting some effort toward it. Your inheritance lies in your identity. You have to know who you are or you're never going to receive what he has for you. Remember what God has called us to do at the hills. Loving, giving, living. Loving passionately, giving generously, living abundantly. The entire overall goal of what God has called us to do is make sure that every person that God entrusts us in this church is living abundantly in every area of their life. Now you can just live for God and that's all right. Or you can live abundantly. That's what we're after. How many want that kind of life? Did y'all just doze off on me? Y'all good? How many want that kind of life? 1 John 3 and 1. We said this last week. Should be on the screens. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Look at your neighbor and go, what? Did you hear that? We are the children of God. Remember we read that in the message and it says, what marvelous love that God has just lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. All he had to do was take us from slaves to servants. But the lavishing love of God calls us to be more than slaves and more than servants. He is beckoning and inviting us into a relationship with Him like family. We are the children of God. Do you get that? No, I don't, I don't think. Come on, really think about that. Me, with my mistakes, with my sinful nature... I am a child of God. You know who he is, right? You know what I'm talking about? God. The omnipresent, omnipotent, eternal, everlasting, that one. I'm his kid? Does that do anything to anybody? I'm getting ready to throw something. Where's the cheapest guitar up here? I may just pull a Garth Brooks on something. Some of you probably don't even know who that is anymore, do you? Garth, who? So, how did this happen that I would be a child of God? How did that happen? You know how it happened? He made me that way. I was born into it. I didn't have to pay dues, I didn't have to pay penance. He, I was born into that. Just that, that's it? Really? That's how it happens? That's how it happens. You're just born into it. See, a lot of us come from, some of you that weren't raised in church, the world doesn't teach you that. You've got to earn everything you get. You've got to work for it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you don't have boots on, then borrow something. Pull yourself up by them. 
blood, sweat, and tears. And that's what the world teaches us you got to do. And then we come into the church and we say the same thing. You got to prove yourself. You got to be better than you are. No, you just got to be a child of God. It's that simple. You're born into it. I mean, when Evan and Davis were born, we didn't take them through a rigorous process to see if they could be our children. (laughs) I want to make sure that you are going to live up to the Ragsdale name. And I want you to promise me that you're going to bring at least $200,000 a year when you turn 30. And you're going to marry a good girl. We didn't go through that whole thing. They come in ugly, <laughs> slimy. When I went, as soon as Evan came out, I said, oh, Lord, we, we got a sumo wrestler. <laughs> Pop out. You've heard Bill Cosby said, congratulations, dear. You've had a lizard. <laughs> I know they're so beautiful I know they're beautiful look if you've got to wash something off before you can hold it there's something about that alright so just just let's think about it alright you got to suction it out and slap it I mean there's something not kissable at that moment okay me and Kristen didn't say, would you wash him off before you... No, I want him right then. to Give him to me. Because he's born into the family. Why would it be any different? Why do you think, now that you've been born into his family, that you have to prove your... I spit on y'all. Prove yourself. That's why you get the splash zone right there. Why do we feel like we have to prove ourselves? So here's what we said last week. A baby, we're talk, we've been talking about freedom because until you know the freedom you can walk in, you're not going to grab hold of the identity that God has for you. A baby, number one, if you're taking notes, write down, a baby is born free. They're born free. We said last week, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will... Oh, come on. Some of y'all were here last week. I heard a few of y'all that missed last Sunday. Y'all almost said sit. But no, all the other folks said, mate, it's mate. I'm going to say sit. He'll get on to you. Because I got on to him last week. How many were here? Y'all got, got on to. No, it says the truth will make you free. John 8, 35. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides in the house forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Makes. What does the word make mean? Create. Not just set, not just unlock, makes and creates you free. Evan and Davis were created free. They were born free. (laughs) Kind of sounded like it too, didn't it? They were born free. Do you understand? You get that? So when you are born again into the family of God, you were born free. Boom, just like that, you are free. And when the Son sets you free or makes you free, you are free indeed. 
I love what the message says about that. It says a slave doesn't have a say-so in the house. But the son, Jesus Christ, he gets to say what happens in the house. And if he sets you free or makes you free, then you are free indeed. Adam and Eve, he made them free. He created them with freedom attached to them. There were no bonds. There were no chains. We're free because we are the children of God. Look at your neighbor and say, we're free because we are the children of God. Now look at your other neighbor, your second choice. Look at them and say, not because of what you do or what you don't do. You're free because you... Oh, we're still doing this? Yes, we're still doing this. You are free because you're a child of God. Come on. Right there, she'd be like, yeah! Not, that's pretty good. I like that. Come on, that is revelation right there. So, what do you have to do to be free? Be a child of God. But, to be His child, you have to be born again. I mean, what if Evan just decided, I ain't coming out? Evan is our son, by the way. (laughs) It's his due date, and what if he just said, nah, I like it in here. I ain't got to do nothing. Just swim around in here. She's eating, feeding me. It's, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. He would have never been our child. He would never become our son. Still be a part of mama walking around. He has to be born. Look, you can't just say, I'm a child of God if you're not willing to be born again. Uh Uh-oh, it got real then, didn't it? Oh, I like this stuff about not having to do anything. That was good. Well, you got to at least come out of the birth canal. That's an important part. Now, when it says born again, this is what that means. The old sinful nature that you have goes away. That's how you become free. So if you're bringing the stuff that you've been doing here into here, then you are not born again. That doesn't mean you don't still struggle with stuff because the old sin for nature tries to come at you. It's just like Evan and Davis. When they're born, that baby is born, he's born free. He has no ill thoughts. He's not selfish. He doesn't understand wrong motives, but he learns it over time. It's the same thing with being born again. You're born free. That's why new believers are just so, ah, they're just crazy, man. They're loving everything. But then the church starts teaching them stuff. <laughs> Y'all know we do, don't you? We start teaching them stuff. Watch this, John chapter 3. Nicodemus shows up. Now, Nicodemus is a religious man. Everybody look at me. Nicodemus is a religious man. He's followed the law to the letter. 
He is a man of God. He is esteemed. He is walking in it. Find the most religious person you know. That's Nicodemus. You know that person I'm talking about. They're just right. You feel like they're never going to mess up. They just got it going. How many know that person? Just that prayer warrior. You just, you know that they're going to. That was Nicodemus. And he shows up. And he begins to talk to Jesus about his life because he sent something in Jesus that his religion wasn't giving him. And he goes, I want to talk to you about something. I want to know what I need to do to step into what I'm feeling with you. And here's what Jesus said to him. I tell you the truth, unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, that's the first birth, and of the Spirit. Verse 6, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. Look at me. You must be born again. That means this, you have got to say goodbye to the old and hello to the new. How many of you love when it says, behold, I make all things new? How many love that? Just, ah, new. I got to be honest with you, the other day, I dropped this in water, okay? I'm not going to tell you what water. It actually wasn't this one. I dropped my iPhone in water, okay? And I... Reach in and grab it out. And <laughs> there's the Purell, Jeremy. Yes, that's right. And uh, being to try to work on that thing, couldn't, oh, gosh, oh, no. And then suddenly something to me went, ah. Because I got to thinking, all the stuff I had on here, the to-do list, and the text messages I got to reply to, and the emails, they're all gone. <laughs> and I can honestly say to people, I dropped it in water. <laughs> the dog ate my homework, or whatever. Just How many have had that, oh, just a clean slate? Isn't that a good feeling? Just, oh man, if I could just chunk this thing, you know? Just, it, we get that feeling that we all love that. Behold, I make all things new. Yeah, I want to be new. I love that. But the part that's attached to it is old things are passed away. That's the part we don't like. We want to be born into the kingdom and bring all of our mess with us. You have to be born again, which means you have to be willing to say, I will stop doing what I did before that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Now it's getting a little quiet, except for those of you that like to amen. And thank you for hanging with me. Come on, God wants us to get this Word. God wants us to grab hold of this. Because you're not going to step into your identity until you are truly born again. Completely born again. Whew. Well, how does that happen? 
That's what Nicodemus, well, I don't know what you mean. And that's where Jesus said, look, it's a spirit thing, man. I don't know if Jesus said it like that, but it would sound probably better. It's a spirit thing, man. It's like the wind. You can't grab it. You can't harness it. You hear it, but you don't know where it's going or where it came from. It's a so is the same thing that people are born of the Spirit. Say it with me. It's a Spirit thing. You can't understand. You can't comprehend it. But we do know this, that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Where the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I don't know how it happens, but I do know that when I am born again of the Spirit, then I am born free. I want you to look back at at, uh, John 3, 6 in the NIV. This passage of Scripture right here, is it? you have it in the NIV as well? John 3, 6. If not, I will read it, okay? Don't look at that. Listen to me. Here's what it says. Flesh, it says the same thing, but this one resonates with me. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. If you can take that word, that passage, and grab that, it will explain everything in your life. Why do I have more temptation and more carnality? And why do I find myself doing the things that my flesh wants to do? Because your flesh only produces more flesh. If you hang around people that have a worldly mindset, that have evil intentions, it's just going to produce more worldly mindset, more evil intentions. But spirit produces spirit. An apple tree doesn't produce oranges. I don't know why I'm not having more spirit in my life. It's because you're not asking for more spirit in your life. That's why. I love it. You've heard this before, I'm sure. If not, then you need to hear this. The, 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 the Indian chief and the young, young man he's mentoring, the young man is listening to him, and the Indian chief says, inside of every one of us is a bad dog and a good dog. How many have heard this one? And they're always fighting with each other. Always continual. How many know that fight's like? Bad, I try to do good and I do bad. I try bad, all like this. And he said, well, which one's going to win? And the old chief said, whichever one you feed the most. Why am I not walking in more freedom? Because you're feeding this mess. And you're trying to take the word. We are trying to take the word of God and manipulate it and deconstruct it so it fits our lifestyle. Man, I went old time preaching just then. (laughs) Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. That's why you have to have, it has to be a spiritual thing. It is not just raising your hand and saying, I'm going to join the hills and that's how it happens. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it happens just by saying, I accept you in my heart, Lord Jesus. I think there has to be a spiritual thing that happens. you got to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. A lot of people confess it with their mouth but don't really believe it in their heart. There's got to be a spiritual transaction that happens. Well, well, what what really takes place? Do you sign a card? What if I don't cry? My lips supposed to quiver? 
We try to figure it out and say, that's when it happened. You know when it happens? When the Spirit does the work, that's when it happens. Well, how am I going to know? You're going to know. But what if I don't know? You're going to know. There is this assurance. And let me tell you, oh, I feel something, Mama. You feel it? Look at this. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I love this. How am I going to know? Here's how you're going to know. Everybody say it's a spirit thing. You've got to be born of the water and of the what? The spirit. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. There it is. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, which means, oh, my daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's a spirit thing. So if you feel like you're not a child of God, you need to ask for more spirit in your life. Some of you have been raised in churches where the Spirit was never talked about. We talked about that several weeks ago, that he was like the crazy uncle that you don't really want to show up, you know. You don't know what he's going to do. Because I've seen what he does on TV. I don't want him to show up. It's not that way. The Spirit of God comes in. He's a comforter. He's an encourager. He wants to remind you every day that you are a child of God. Listen, you're not going to make it without that encouragement you got to have something that when you wake up in the morning and you feel like a slave, that it will go, oh, no. No, you're not. You're a child of God. Well, how do I know? Because I'm telling you right now. Jesus Christ, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit descends upon him. A voice from heaven says, you're my beloved son. I am pleased with you. He immediately goes into the wilderness. The first question Satan says, if you are the son of God. You're going to have that. You're going to have that thing right in your, it's going to punch you square in the mouth. But what about? But what about? That's why you, that's when you got to go back and say, I heard the Spirit tell me I am a child of God. Somebody take a deep breath and just let out a woo. That was terrible. A baby is born free. You getting this? I'm getting it. Man, I'm getting it. I couldn't even sleep last night. Man, I was up. Couldn't go to bed till probably 1.30 in the morning, just fired up, just walking around, just looking at this and praying over it and about wide awake, 5 o'clock. Come on, let's go. Kristen, walk in. How are you doing, baby? I was up till 3 this morning. She's back up at 6. We're both feeling this thing. Why? God is raising up a generation that's going to know who they are in Christ. Listen, the greatest thing that Kristen and I could ever see is to see you walking in the fullness of what God has called you to do. The fullness of it. I had breakfast with Art the other day. What a privilege. I'm so happy that your family is here. Had a, had a moment with Art the other day. And Art was talking, listen to this man with all of his giftings and all the things that God's put on him. And I said, Art, man, come on, let's do this thing. Let's go for it. And it was sad what he said to me. He said, you know, most people that I've worked with, most pastors and church leaders, they're intimidated by this kind of thing. I'm like, Art, intimidated? We're going to reach this city because of you, man. You're going to reach people that I can never reach. You're going to sing to people I will never sing to. You're going to educate people 
Jeff, that I'll never educate. Gwen, you're going to get to be able to whisper encouragement into people's ear that I'll never get to whispering. Do you see what I'm talking about? If we can get all of us living in our fullness, we're going to do what God's called us to do. I'm trying, y'all. I'm just messing with you. A baby is born free. And secondly... Now write this down. A baby is born free. And how is a baby born free? Number two, a baby is born dependent. That baby shows up and just becomes the center of everything. Why? Because they can't do anything. If mama doesn't feed, if daddy doesn't there, if it, it's completely dependent. When you step out of your freedom that you were born into, you step out of your freedom when you begin to do things your own way. Adam and Eve were created free. Listen to me. And as long as they were completely dependent on God, they had that freedom. Can you imagine the freedom that they had? You guys got the entire garden. Go crazy. You don't have to wear clothes. Just go. <laughs> really? Such innocence, such freedom. Just husband and wife running around with no clothes on in a garden. Eating what you want to eat, sleeping where you want to sleep. I mean, does it get any more free than that? Some of y'all are getting really weirded out right now. <laughs> are we starting another campus that's going to be? No, we're not going to be. See, husband's starting getting ideas right now. <laughs> Baby, I just want you to be free when we get home today. <laughs> to all of our guests, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please come back next week. Robin still will be speaking, and he won't say things like that. But as soon as Adam and Eve decided they knew better than God, knew better than his word, the word that he spoke to them. And here's what happened. Satan says, did God really say? See what he does? He begins to question your identity, begins to question what you know. Going after that knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Going after Are you sure that you heard that? Are you sure the Bible really says that? Are you sure? Going at it. You begin to rethink that thing, and when you begin to rethink that, then suddenly... See, we're born into this world, and this world teaches us that true freedom is independence. July the 4th, we celebrate our freedom, and we call it what? Independence Day. And so it is ingrained in us. If you want to be free, you need to be independent. And so that's what happens. Evan turns 15... And he starts thinking about his driver's license. Right? I can just get in that car. I can go where I want to, do what I want to. You can see the kids start getting to that thing. And they, what is it? They're trying to break away. How many of y'all have broken away? You know what I'm talking about? But what these babies don't know is if you stay in the house, you're freer than you'll ever be right here. 
You're so free, baby. Just stay right there. We try to tell them and all they can think about is, I want to be my own man, my own woman. I got to break out. Don't tell me what to do. Then they break out only to find that there's so much bondage in being independent because you're bound by bills and responsibilities. And I'm going to run back. That's what the prodigal did, man. He said, I can just get out of my daddy's house. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he gets out there to find out that there's so much more bondage. So what does he do? Daddy, I'm coming back home because I can be free here. You lose your freedom. I lose my freedom when I try to do things my own way. When I step out of the will of God. When I step out of the way of God. When I step out of the word of God. Oh, but it feels so good. But the word says it's a sin. But it's just, it's just maybe if I just say that. or It's okay to say it every once in a while. No, don't. See what I mean? We just start manipulating and making it like it becomes about us. And as soon as it becomes about us, then we've lost our freedom. We get outside of Him. We get outside of His will. We get outside of His way. We start focusing on our own strengths. We start focusing on our own fears. That's when we lose our freedom. Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are... Say it. Say it, those three words really loud. In Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life has made me from the law of sin and death. Look at me. It's not so much about being free from as it is from being free in. We try to break free from that. Instead, we're really only free in that. Acts says this, in him we live and move and exist. In him, everything I have is in him. Look at me. Come play, Melanie. Look at me. You will not find yourself. Don't look at her. Look at me. She knows where she's going, okay? She's got it. You got it, Mel? Okay. Y'all look at me, all right? This is important. I want you to hear what I'm saying. You will not find yourself and you will not find your freedom in yourself. I just need some time for me. No, you don't. That's the worst thing you could ever get. You need some time with him. And you need some time with people that are going to encourage you and edify you and tell you that you're making a dumb mistake. That's what you, we always say this, nothing good happens in isolation. There's a reason when you do something wrong in prison, they put you in isolation. The enemy wants to get you in isolation. You will not find yourself in yourself. You won't find freedom in yourself. There's just more bondage there. You're only going to find yourself and your freedom in Christ. Look at me. You're not going to find yourself and your freedom in other people. In this room right now are marriages that have been destroyed because a spouse listened to other people that were telling them, you can do better than that. You don't want to do that. People that 
are going to be with you as long as things are doing, going good. Now look at me. I know there's every situation, so don't take what I'm saying. And, but I'm talking about people who just, I just want to get out of this. I, I'm going to find a way out of this relationship, out of this covenant that I've made. So I'm going to hang around some people that you know they're not godly. And as soon as they get a promotion, they're going to be gone. You're not going to find your freedom. You're not going to find yourself in them. You're going to find your freedom. You're going to find yourself in Christ Jesus. Around godly people that have a heart for God and that have a heart for you. So the answer to all of this is Him. Here we go again. It's all back to Him. Him and His presence. I've been praying this week that God would give me a longing for His presence more than I've ever had before. For the presence of God. The sweet, sweet presence of God. One of Kristen's favorite scriptures is, is, is Exodus 33, when Moses said, if your, present does, if your presence does not go with us, then we ain't going. <laughs> I am not going anywhere if your presence is not there. David, after he had fallen and lost everything, he could have prayed for kingdoms and riches. He could have prayed for restoration of his, his relationships. Here's what he prayed for. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your presence from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Look at me. The only way that you're going to be free is to be born again. And if you're going to be born again, you're going to be completely dependent on Him. Oh, wouldn't it be beautiful if we could all just become babies again? Lord, I don't know how to feed myself. I don't know how to take care of myself. What if we could just get back to the way God intended it? What you're going to find as we're going through this theme is it's going to circle all the way back around because God always makes stuff the way He wants it. It's going to come back around to Eden. Relationship with Him. Just Him. Completely and totally dependent.